0: If you've got your Bible today, we're going to be reading from the book of John, chapter 11. Why don't you grab it out? Grab your Bible. John, chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible says this. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They appeal to the compassion of the Saviour. And when they get back from Jesus, an amazing promise. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. This, this word so in verse six is the Greek word on. It's one of my favorite Greek words. And one of the reasons I love it is because it's a lot clearer in the Greek than it is in most English translations. This one we've read today translates it as so. A, a lot of English translations also translate this word as so in this passage of the Bible. But if we translate it as so, the meaning can get lost because the word so for us can mean so many different things, just like that. It can be an exaggeration. We we also use the word so to start a new thought. So the other day I went to the shop. But this Greek word on is actually a conjunction. It's joining two thoughts together and making one the cause and making the other one the effect. This Greek word on is in the New Testament 502 times. It's often translated as so. It's not a wrong translation at all. It's just three times as likely to be translated as therefore, because in our modern English, that's, that's much clearer to us that it's a conjunction, which means that we could actually read verse five and six differently. We could actually read them like this. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Therefore can also mean consequently or for that reason. We we could literally read it out. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And and consequently, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. We could say Jesus, he loved them. And for that reason, he stayed where he was for two more days. And this blows my mind because the Bible is saying that Jesus loved them. And because he loved them, He stayed where he was for two more days after they had asked for his help and appealed to his compassion and after he had delivered a great promise that this wouldn't end in death. He loved them. And for that reason, he prolonged what they were going through when he could have intervened. He loved them and therefore he delayed. We get delay all wrong as Christians. I don't know if we ever say this out loud, but we start to think this in our hearts. We think delay is judgment. We think delay is denial. We think delay is punishment. We think delay is all about is all about the joy being sucked out of our lives. We think that delay is God forgetting about us, but His delay is not His Him forgetting about us. His delay is His love displayed. And I wanna preach to someone today who is in the middle of a delay. I wanna preach to someone who feels like their whole life is on pause. I wanna preach to someone who started this season with super high hopes, but you've just end up with a frustrated dream. I wanna talk to someone today with a bitter disappointment. I wanna talk to everybody who's upset about what hasn't happened yet, or it hasn't happened the way that we thought it would. We are waiting for God's intervention. When is the season going to end? And my friend, what I wanna talk to us about today is that God's delay Is not His denial. It's not His punishment. God's delay is His love displayed. He loved them and therefore He stayed where He was. There's one of these big hairy questions in Christianity. Why does God let us keep going through what we're going through when He's God and He's got the power to intervene? Why doesn't God end the hard things in our lives right now? Why does God give us a promise and then sometimes seem to delay on His promise? Why sometimes do we pray and believe and have faith and then we're still here later on praying and believing and having faith? What do we do with the fact that we believe He's our healer but we're still sick? What do we do with the fact that we know He's our strength but we're still weak? When we know He's our freedom but we're still locked down in our homes? What do we do when we've done all the right things and we believe all the right things about God, but we are still waiting for His intervention? What do we do with this thought? What do we do with this fact? Did He forget? Did I believe too much? Did I expect too much from God? Am I gonna get to heaven and God will say, well, you took those promises a little bit too literally? Does God delaying mean that He's displeased with me? Do I somehow need to earn my way back to his favor? Is his delay a lack of love? Surely, if he loved me, if he cared about me, he would have come through for me. And this is what this is the conversation that ends up happening between Martha and Jesus. Oh, Lord, where were you when we needed you? But God's delay is not a lack of love for us. On the contrary, everything that God does for us is motivated by love. God's delay is his love displayed. We have an immature view of love sometimes because we all think that love is a yes, but it's often a no. I'm a parent, I got three kids. I got a six-year-old, a two-year-old and a little eight-week-old baby. And you, you gotta pray for us because our kids are leaders. I mean, they've got my height, but they've got my wife Emma's backbone. And for us in our family, breakfast is often the battleground because we're establishing the ground rules for the day. I am in charge and you, my child, are not. So no, you cannot have snacks for breakfast. No, you have to eat something else. I don't really care what you eat for breakfast as long as it's a breakfast food. You can have wheat bix toast, porridge, cornflakes, Nutri-Grain, I don't really care as long as when your mom wakes up and asks you what you ate, when you tell her it's gonna sound like you ate some sort of breakfast food. That's, that's what I'm going for. That's what I care about. I love my kids, so I don't let them have whatever they want. I love my kids, so I don't always say yes. My love often comes out as a no, because I care more about their well-being than giving them what they want. So out of love, I say, no, you can't have popcorn for breakfast. You can have it after lunch. I'm delaying them for their own benefit. And when God delays us, it's always for our own benefit. In Exodus 13, there's an amazing couple of verses where the Israelites have just made it out of Egypt. And the Bible says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that road was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. God takes the Israelite nation off road. They don't go the quickest route from Egypt to the promised land. God leads them the long way around. And I don't know if you've ever been there where you feel like God is just taking forever. It seems like He's leading you around and around in circles. But this is what God does. He leads us the long way around for our own benefit. And sometimes it's like other people in our lives are getting their promised land and we're out here just doing another lap in the sand. And, and maybe for us, it seems like God might be taking forever, but we need to understand that His delay is His love displayed. And if He's leading us the long way around, it's for our own benefit. In fact, for the Israelites, it was for their own protection. I, I was going on holiday a few years ago and I was sitting on the plane, we we're about to take off. And, and I was reading the book of Genesis where the Bible says that God shut Noah and his family into the ark. And I felt like God just whispered into my heart and said, I shut you in. And in that moment, I just realized God has been protecting me my whole life. And I realized that I'll never fully know everything that he's protecting me from because he's sheltered me. The Bible says that we're hidden under the shadow of his wings. And we don't know which of the things that we might feel like we're missing out on might've actually derailed us, but God does. We don't know what we've been sheltered from. It's the whole point of sheltering. We don't know which situations God has strategically steered us clear of. But we do know this, if He's leading us the long way around, it's for our own benefit. And His delay is always His love displayed. The rear view mirror of our lives gives us amazing context. The Bible says that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. There is a promise for your today and there is a promise for your future. The only problem with this verse is it doesn't say you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living as it's happening. It would be so much easier if we could see the goodness of God and recognise it for what it is. But we live in uncertain times and we project our thoughts into the future and it can be hard for us to think that's exactly how we're going to see the goodness of God in our future. So when will we see the goodness of God? The Bible says that we will see goodness and mercy following us all the days of our lives. And sometimes the easiest place to see the goodness of God isn't right in the middle of the season, but it's when you look back on the season and only then we realize what God has done. And while we're waiting, God is working. There are some things in our lives that we can actually only learn in delay if God delays. We only learn that He sustains us if He takes so long that we have to wait on Him to renew our strength. We only learn He's our strength once we've run out of our own strength. We only understand that He is our hope when we have no hope of our own. We only learn He does the impossible when we find ourselves in impossible situations. It's amazing what God does for us during the delay, how he reveals more of himself. In in fact, in, in John chapter 11, we get this amazing verse in verse 25 where Jesus declares to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. We get this amazing declaration from Jesus about himself that He is the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is not just later on at the end of the age. Jesus is the resurrection. We don't get this this declaration from Jesus without the delay that caused Lazarus to die. Then then at the end of verse 26, Jesus asks Martha a very insensitive question. Um, Being a pastor, I would not ask this question at a funeral. But Jesus asks Martha, do you believe this? You've just lost your brother. I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? And in the middle of her pain and suffering, what comes out of Martha is an amazing confession of her faith because she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. And in the middle of her delay, in the middle of her pain, in the middle of her tragedy, her faith in Jesus becomes more real to her than it's ever been before. She's more focused on, more connected to Jesus than she's ever been before. And this is what happens to our faith. In trouble, in delay, in hard times, our faith becomes solidified. Martha's faith becomes faith that's been tested. It's one thing to believe that Jesus is the resurrection while your whole family's alive. But Martha is now confessing that she believes Jesus is the resurrection before Lazarus is raised from the dead. And in delay, we're able to answer the deep questions of our lives that we don't always answer when we're not in delay. Do we believe that God is who he is and is able to do what he's able to do because we've seen it? or do we believe it because we know that it's true? Does our faith need evidence? Or does our faith lean on the unshakable character of God? Sometimes the only good thing that comes out of our delay is that our faith is strengthened. And if you can still believe after everything that you've been through, well, now you've got an unshakable faith that the Bible says has been refined by fire. And I believe it's it's unable to be stopped. Because if your faith has been tested, there's nothing stronger than that. The Bible says about the Israelite community that if they were looking for the place, if they were looking for a land that was, that was in, on the earth right then, they would have had a chance to turn back. But they were looking ahead to the promised land. When we're in delay, and when it seems like the world is out of control, we have to answer these big questions. Is he actually God? Is he the Lord of the universe? Is He actually in control of my life? When my life's going really well, so easy to believe. Yeah, God is in control. He is on the throne. Now my life is harder. Do I still believe that He's in control? Do I still believe that He's on the throne? Do I still believe that He's actually sovereign? Let me tell you this. God is not surprised by what you are going through, but He is with you in what you are going through. And if you're in delay, my friend, I need you to know, His delay is not punishment. His delay is his love displayed? But the hardest thing is that we it's hard to see it right now. When we're in the middle of everything that we're going through, it's hard to see the goodness of God because we're in the moment. And by definition, when we're in the moment, we lack the context of something bigger. I'm not trying to say you need context and then everything will be fine. I'm not trying to tell you you should feel all right. What I am trying to tell you is that God loves you. And you're going to look back on this season. and You're going to see the hand of God at work. You're going to look back on this season and you're going to see His love on display to you. God is still alive and He is still working and He is still working all things together for your good. He's still taking what the enemy meant for bad and He's turning it for good. He's still working in your life. He's still answering prayer. He's still in your corner. And I believe God wants to come to you right now, right where you are. And I believe he wants to minister to you. I believe today God is going to bring encouragement to people who are stuck in lockdown. Uh, I mean, we've, we had huge plans to start a campus in Auckland and officially launch it. Uh, I mean, where we are right now in, in the city of Auckland is in the middle of a huge delay. But I believe we're gonna look back on this season and we're gonna say, wow, The hand of God was at work. Look at what the Lord has done. Despite every natural circumstance saying that that this, this thing shouldn't be possible, we're going to see the hand of the God of the impossible at work right now. I'd love to pray with you right now, wherever you are, in New Zealand, all around the world, for every person who's in delay. Father, I just thank you so much for your people. And I thank you for your promise. I thank you for your compassion and your love towards us. And God, I'm asking that you would breathe encouragement into our souls. God, I'm praying we would realise that even though we might be in delay, we are going to see your love on display. God, I thank you. You are working all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And God, I pray encouragement, and, and, and I pray strength and grace for your people today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. It's amazing what happens next after Lazarus is raised from the dead. Because by the, by the time we get to the end of John chapter 11, the Pharisees are in a meeting where they're, they're addressing this crisis that they're going through because so many people are now following Jesus because of what happened to Lazarus that they feel so threatened that by the end of John chapter 11, the Pharisees have decided that they are now going to put Jesus to death. And we can literally draw a line from Jesus turning up and bringing Lazarus back to life all the way through to the death of Jesus on the cross. We can draw a line from the delay of Jesus all the way through to the death of Jesus. From arriving late to Bethany all the way through to praying at Gethsemane, from the resurrection of Lazarus to the resurrection of Jesus, from Jesus commanding them to take away the stone, to the stone being rolled away for him, from him calling Lazarus out of the grave to him rising victorious from his grave, because his delay was his love displayed to Mary and to Martha and to Lazarus, but it also led to the ultimate display of his love for you and for me. When he died in our place, On the cross.